Hello, greetings and blessings. Uh, this is Muhammad Nadim as part of my ethnography project in uh, this class, Cultural Anthropology. I'm going to be talking about the Jama and the Church, a Bantu Catholic movement in Zaire. This is the book that I, we will be handling today. And it was uh, published by Oxford Press in 1977. It costs about $43 in Amazon if you are interested in checking it out. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about how the main, uh, the main themes, the main points that the book is uh, addressing. And uh, uh, the, the, the first thing that I want to mention is it's basically the author, the author who is, whose name is uh, Willie de Kramer, uh, born in uh, Belgium, had a BA, uh, uh, a BA degree from Birchman College, Leuven, uh, where he trained in philosophy and theology. He was also ordained as a priest in the Jesuit, in the Jesuit tradition in 1958. Also, he taught pre-college student in Belgium, in Belgian Congo, Congo. Uh, from 1951 to 1954 in uh, Kinasha, Zaire back then, uh, served as a director of uh, Centre de Recherche Sociologiques or uh, Centre de Recherche Sociologiques, I mean in, in, in French, had a very interesting, very dynamic relationship with black students and he also helped to actually recruit and provide opportunities for black Congolese students back in the 70s and 80s to come study in Belgium. So he has a very solid background. Basically, his, he, uh, this, is, uh, this book basically springs out of his doctoral dissertation. And uh, it's, the field work spans a time period of about 10 years, give and go. Uh, he's, uh, he has very uh, strong relationships with the people. He was, uh, very involved with, uh, with the JAMA, with the JAMA movement. The, he's very, actually, he has passed away in, uh, uh, March 31st, 2005 at the age of 79. He also co-authored another book. He, he basically, uh, his main area is sociology and philosophy and uh, he, he co-authored this other uh, book with uh, Renee Fox uh, the book called The Emerging Physician uh, also this other co-author Renee Fox was heavily involved in his research and his work concerning uh, this particular uh, this particular book also additionally in the early 70s from 71 to 74 he was an assistant professor of sociology and anthropology he served at york university toronto canada and but remained remained very involved and very engaged with uh, african uh, studies african literature african history particularly in the region of central africa where uh, Congo that consists basically of Congo, Burundi, and Rwanda. He was also very heavily influenced by his uh, mentor and friend, actually Jan Van Sina, also a Belgian historian, a really huge authority, huge figure in terms of the history and traditions, the culture of Central, in terms of Central Africa and the movements, movements that happen, you know, particularly related to the era of colonization, the post-colonial era. He's also, he was very uh, 
the creamer was very influenced by Jan Van Sina narrative in terms of in terms of his uh, methodology of analysis. He has Van Sina uh, came up with this historical uh, narrative sort of methodology. If you remember from the class, there is uh, when we talked about discussed uh, things related to relativism and as opposed to lineal approaches you know things like that so Vancina was a proponent of that type of school that looks and analyzes history analyzes people based on a relativistic approach and he came up with this uh, with this methodology that relies on oral narratives and oral accounts make but put it in a framework of sort of like historical relativism, historical methodology and analysis. So I hope this kind of gives you an idea, some sort of impression about the author, Willie D. Kramer, and his work. His, and and uh, remember that he's most likely, he pertains to, as of, uh, pertains to some sort of like old school type of anthropology, which is very interesting. And we're going to see that in the way they analyze, the way they actually see, the way they observe, the way they interact with the people, how they interpret information, how they uh, take uh, uh, oral accounts, how they conduct vocality, how they actually see interactions, how they, uh, how they view local traditions, you know, all that type of thing. But it's... But it's, it remains very, actually very intriguing. His, uh, his main, his main, uh, study that we're gonna talk about, uh, which is the JAMA and the church, a Banto Catholic movement in Zaire, basically talks about the JAMA, first of all, is in Congolese uh, language, it means a family. It means a family. And, uh, this comes from the initial encounter in Belgium between the indigenous people and the missionaries when Congo was colonized and 100% occupied by Belgium and one of the main uh one of the main one of the main kind of themes in the back, in the backdrop in the environment was the laying down of the huge infrastructure that Belgium brought with in terms of creating uh, factories creating some sort of infrastructure, bringing heavy equipment for the purposes of uh, extraction, extraction of wealth, particularly extraction of minerals, you know, like uh, uh, cadmium, like uh, pedilium, like germanium, like uranium. So, I mean, if you uh, if you hear about there is this kind of myth that there's all, always uh, rare metals rare resources, very valuable, uh, uh, very valuable resources, very valuable minerals in Africa, particularly in Central Africa. This is the kind of the just uh, a sort of, uh, you know, just as, as a sort of, you know, a sort of like a uh, 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 like a mainstream or a pop culture reference, if you will. This is the kind of this is the inspiration behind the Wakanda, the whole Wakanda world in in, in the Marvel Universe when they talk about when they talk about Wakanda and this, uh, when they talk about the vibranium and this is the sor- this is the main uh, source. This is the invisible, kind of formidable, uh, you know, metal that constitute that gives the people inspiration, gives the people power. So you know, this is what it comes from. Actually, it has <laughs> has uh, it's funny enough that it has an actual uh, uh, you know real basis uh, for it because, uh, but in for the most part, Belgium was actually very interested in the rubber and the copper 
uh, around the time, Belgium was actually producing almost 60% of the copper worldwide. So they laid down the main structures, the main capital structures, main, infra uh, main uh, infrastructure that constitute of uh, the, 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 the uh, basically the lodging units, the, the factories, the railroads, and then they started recruiting. Uh, I mean, of course, the process was, the book is not really concerned with how the process was conducted, but uh, in terms of in terms of the massacres, in terms of the violence, the repression, the all, uh, successive actually phases of genocide that uh, that were perpetrated by the Belgians in Congo, but the book is actually concerned with this aspect of religion, of movement, of social movement that manifests itself in religion. So the Jama, this group of Belgians who came into contact with uh, this group of Congolese who came into contact with, with the Belgian missionaries that were basically supported and sent by the mother, uh, the mother church, the official office, the Catholic Church in Rome, they had, they started to develop this sort of relationship. They started to develop some sort of mutuality. Uh, it started to kind of c compare and contrast some sort of, uh, uh, some sort of elements, you know, particularly between the Franciscan Belgian tradition and some aspects, some concepts in the Banto, in the Banto culture. And uh, out of that, come uh, Placid Temple, who is basically the founder leader of this, who is basically a Belgian missionary who is a founder leader of, uh, of, of, of this movement. He's the, basically, he's the culmination of all those in initial, initial interactions. And he come up with, had a really, uh, really unique, profound relationship with his, with his uh, first students. And they, corresponded they uh, he was able to understand some very important essential uh, concepts in the banto tra uh, tradition and therefore he was able to sort of relate the christian catholic pathos the christian catholic uh, the christian catholic uh, uh, doctrine and you know things like that and uh, they formed a really a really strong relationship and they had the the the, the first the very first uh, uh, group of the Jama actually originated in uh, Zaire, what what is called then Zaire and now Democratic Republic of Congo, in this particular area uh, called Katanga, in South Katanga particularly. That's where uh, Plasi Temple was very active. That's where he was uh, giving lessons. That's why that's where he was doing his initial initial missionary work, and uh, people there, the local people there, he uh, that's where they you know that's where they actually you know related to him, kind of warmed up to him, and involved him in their communities. So all that happened there, and then it uh, from there it expanded, and not only expanded, but it actually gave birth to lots of other little sects and little offshoots here and there. So the Jama tradition, the Jama movement actually relays heavily on three foundational sort of pillars, you know, like the pillars of this, the pillars of this movement. This movement, this movement really is a sort of reimagination, reinterpretation uh, of the basic 
kind of the 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 essential sort of like you know cosmic views of Banto tradition you know converted into the Christian sort of the Catholic Christian image the the Catholic Christian sort of uh, you know dogma and things like that so in that sense it actually it comes up there are three things like I said uh, just earlier three main uh, concepts three main premises that are very foundational they have something called union and encounter and they have something called bumuntu which is basically a reference to uh, life a reference to the richness bumuntu a reference to humanity and they have uh, the third one you know which is very important and actually ties to the previous two ones and forms a sort of like a triangular kind of you know relationship which is fecundity fecundity so you have fecundity union and encounter and you have Bumuntu. These three concepts, they basically kind of constitute the gist, the very core belief, the core, the core doctrine, sort of, of the Jama. And, uh, the union and encounter, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about, actually, to explicate and to elaborate in terms of the union and encounter. But roughly speaking, it's concern it's kind of like the rough equivalence of it would be sort of like the the in 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 mainstream christianity would be kind of like the love of christ but it's not necessarily like that because it involves lots of his lots of uh actual lots of practice uh it involves uh lots of uh sort of familiarity intimacy and in many in many contexts it actually involves uh physical physical unity you know which is to say sexual unity and there is also the bumuntu which is an abstract concept that is uh, practiced through teachings through relationships you know which is basically talks about the humanity of jesus the stress here on the humanity of jesus christ as as a person as a human as a terrestrial being so the from the perspective of the jama christ is basically manifests himself regularly on every baba and mama on every baba and mama every baba and mama are basically a replica basically a manifestation a new manifestation of christ and of course you have the uh and of course you have the 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 bumuntu the you have the fecundity sorry that actually kind of uh feeds into and supplies these concepts with uh with with life with richness with energy and these uh that the, this fecundity within the uh, context of the jama is very important because it's 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 the main reservoir where the jama people the members actually derive their power derive their hope from derive their uh, sort of motivations from so it's uh, these three concepts they sort of inter interrelate and they are you know they, they are very uh, uh, they are very exciting you know they require lots of reflection to actually you know understand them but at the same time they are very complex and uh, heavily you know very require lots of uh, you know lots of concentration and uh, lots of understanding as well so one of the uh one of the very interesting passages that i want to read for you so you have a, a sense 
of uh, the narrative of the language of the book you know it's gonna be I'm gonna read you this passage so you have uh, a sort of idea about how the how the jama the, the interaction this this continuous interaction between the Christian Catholic the Franciscan Flemish people who are you know who are basically uh, from Belgium and they're actually their their virgin their their understanding of Christianity all that with mixed and interbred with elements of uh, African African Banto cosmic worldviews of African Banto uh their 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 very deep ancestral traditions you know all that kind of stuff so here it is in certain regards the jama seems to have a psychotherapeutic effect on its member the intimate and spontaneous discussion in which they are continually involved are cathartic these group sessions provide them with a legitimate and non-threatening opportunity to express a wide range of deep feelings like anxiety and uncertainty guilt as well as love gratification happiness and serenity this aspect of drama intersection does not consist of a simple discharge of strong feeling nor is it an agitated or frenzied experience what it what is involved is mutually trusting and peaceful exchange in inner recesses of a spiritual family of even the most disturbing sentiments baba and mama and priest respond enthusiastically and offer their moral support to those who need it so that various difficulties and problems are resolved through a group process in structure content in structure content and spirit these facets of relations between jama members are an extension of relations that exist between jama spouses one of the most eloquent testimonies to the liberating and supporting supportive effect that the movement has on its members is to be found in the statement that Jama priests make about the changes it has wrought in them. They affirm that the movement has helped them to achieve more fully the ideal relationship they feel that as missionaries they ought to have with the people whom they came to serve. Through the Jama, they declare most of the misunderstanding, tensions, alienation, frustrations that they formerly experienced in their encounters with Congolese has been dispelled. In short, their involvement in the movement seems to have provided them with the means of resolving one of the primary resources of strain to which they are subject in their role as missionary priests. What is perhaps most impressive is the degree to which the Jama appears to have transformed the worldview of its Congolese members. The traditional Congolese thought and belief system is a, is a deterministic one. Most of the events that befall man are considered to be either felicitous or adverse. Most experiences are regarded as either positive or negative. The concept of chance and aleatory happenings does not exist in this cognitive system. The principal cause of the untoward occurrences are believed to be evil thoughts, feelings, and motives of significant other persons. These have the capacity to harm because they can mobilize the power of the spirit which exists in the sphere of the universe that lie between the supreme being, the ancestor, the man, and the man. Thus, through the media of witchcraft, i.e. unconsciously motivated psychic acts and sorcery, uh, and sorcery, consciously motivated ones, harm and misfortune are always a threatening 
potentiality. Partly as a consequence of this set of conception and belief, the traditional Congolese worldview is pervasively apprehensive, anxious, suspicious, distrustful, and vigilant, brooding anger, envy, and jealousy of the heart that are believed to harm and destroy are felt to be incipient everywhere and in everyone. In the stranger, in in one's beliefs, uh, and most especially in those with whom one has the closest relationship, and so one must constantly be on guard. John V. Taylor has called this Banto vision a primal worldview, poetically expressing it in the following way. This is the ultimate horror and darkness of the primal worldview, that beneath the smiling face may lurk the hating heart. The traditional African community for, for all its solidarity and the truth of its vision of man is corrupted by a twofold mistrust. Mistrust of stranger because he is outside the kinship bond and mistrust of the unknown which because he is outside of humanity. To a remarkable extent, the Jama has succeeded in dislodging this basic fear-ridden attitude from the mind of psyches of its members, replacing it with a sense of trust, protection, forgiveness, and love. In my informed opinion, in this respect, the Jama has surpassed most, between parentheses, Protestant as well as Catholic church efforts to convert Congolese to Christianity and specifically to his message of love. So this is a little excerpt from uh, a chapter in the uh, the JAMA and the church, particularly the impact of the JAMA on its uh, lay members. And uh, it just it just shows you that particularly what is most intriguing, what is most kind of enthralling uh, about this type of uh, ethnography, that it's it has been actually has been conducted within the context within it's still kind of like the last fireworks of colonial era and uh, you can see there are so many in on one hand there's an expression of how uh banto traditions in some sense are exceptional and tr transcendental and all that but on the other hand there is this sort of uh criticism of how is it uh in some sense kind of deterministic in some sense sort of doesn't make sense, you know, irrational. And uh, there are so many themes kind of like that throughout the book, especially when they talk about the uh, dead ancestors, you know, because the, the, in fact, the actual reference in terms of African tradition and Bantu in particular, the, the, the ancestors are never dead. The ancestors are constantly there. They are constantly sort of intervening and have a say they are very active, sort of, you know, like presence in uh, in one's life. Having said that, I actually uh, turned out to have learned a lot from this book in terms of the way that anthropologists kind of used to conduct their study, in terms of uh, how uh, how anthropology kind of changed or hasn't changed for that for that matter. And uh, also one of the things that I really kind of reflected upon, thought about was the fact that uh, this anthropology, this this account, this study, I mean, of course, it was conducted by a European uh, expert. So that is to say that it's still in terms of, especially in terms of the uh, so-called like Western Hemisphere and Europe, there are so many things kind of like to discover, to explore about the worldviews about the culture, about the ways of knowing of of of, of African people, especially uh, in terms of how they express that, in terms of how they interpret that. So 
that was something that I, you know, reflected upon. I mean, of course, there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of lots of uh, narratives, lots of stuff, uh, lots of studies, lots of literature about uh, African tradition, African religions, African uh, worldviews out there. But they are mostly, mostly conducted, mostly looked at, mostly kind of viewed uh, by through a, a sort of European eye rather than rather than uh rather than african scholars rather than african experts that's not to say that it hasn't been lots of work done by african uh african scholars and african writers but usually it doesn't get the same echo the same force doesn't get the same uh sort of uh support the same sponsorship as mainstream as so-called you know reliable standard uh european works one example is uh, Sheikh Antediup, who actually, a sort of polymath, conducted really deep studies of physiology and anthropology uh, and archaeology on ancient Egypt, came up with really groundbreaking, you know, premises. So there are lots of, lots of, uh, lots of stuff to be uncovered, lots of knowledge to be excavated, lots of uh, findings to be uncovered. You know, so it's. It's it's just I think uh, it's just it's just it's just the beginning. So at the end, I uh, hope this is wasn't extremely rough and extremely boring uh, for you. At least I hope that it have uh, provided you with some sense of curiosity or at least some sense of wanting to know more. And uh, yeah, just what you think. And uh, I uh, until then, uh, ciao. And I leave you now with a beautiful ending that consist that actually has uh, Bob Marley uh, voice, beautiful Bob Marley, the great Bob Marley voice in it. <laughs>